Well, Steve, I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about uh, a work that his disciples do. Uh, and a couple scriptures that I want to read, and of course, this certainly will have to do with witness, or less is not necessarily on witnessing, but certainly it will, uh, uh, some of the scriptures will, will touch on that, and certainly that is a part of it. But as we look at the work that his disciples will do, uh, part of what that work is and why, uh, and I suppose it's probably more important, uh, how do I want to say this? This would be why, but I don't know how to state this, but there would be another reason that, uh, that they don't. Now, I know that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, let me give an example. One time, it's been several years ago, uh, at a hospital, and a person came in and was uh, visiting someone. We were talking, and, and uh, he no doubt considered himself to be a disciple of the Lord. And he said, well, I have to go now. He said, I've been talking to this person. I've almost got him saved. And there are many people feel that way, and they even have a scorecard. How many people they got saved. So as we talk about the work that the disciples of the Lord does, it's not that, okay? Now, the Lord may use them as a tool to save them from false doctrine, save them from dead works and things of that nature, but salvation of the soul, no. But there is a work that the disciples of the Lord does, and, and the, the scriptures get pretty specific on a portion of it. But as I look at this, I don't want, I don't want us, I don't want any of the disciples to glory or take credit in it. Uh, because we know where all the honor and glory belongs. And not one ounce of it belongs to us. It all belongs to the Lord. And I want to give two scriptures before we get started into it. One of them uh, you, you know, and, but I want to read it. Philippians 2 and verse 13. Very familiar to you, but I, I want to begin with this so there won't be any misunderstanding whenever I'm talking about the work the disciple does. Uh, won't be any misunderstanding about it. Philippians 2, 13. For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So if there is a work as a disciple that you do, I'll tell you something about it. The Lord gave you that will to do that and the ability. He works in you both to do, uh, both to will and to do, both the desire to do it and the ability to do it. Both of them come from the Lord. None of them comes from us. Maybe through us, but not of us. So as I talked this evening about uh, some of the work that the disciples will do, I haven't forgotten this. <laughs> Uh, we know this, we understand this, and we don't want to deviate from that. So do you think that he will give, uh, if, uh, as far as his disciples, 
He'll give them knowledge to do the work that he has willed for them to do, and the answer is certainly he will in his own time. I mentioned about, well, another scripture I want to give before we get started as far as about uh, believing. And uh, it's in Acts 13, 48. And, and let me give you that, and then we'll try to go to our lesson, which will be in 1 John. But Acts, I don't want to leave this out. Acts 13 and 48. And you know this as well. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Do not turn this around. If you turn this around, then you're taking on our glory for yourself. If you say, well, because I believe, I get eternal life. And Terry, I remember Austin, I don't know about this particular scripture, but many scriptures, and probably this one, he said, don't get the cart before the horse. The, way, the reason these believe is because they were ordained to eternal life. All that was ordained to eternal life believed. I've been criticized before. Well, you don't put enough importance on believing. I am thankful and grateful that he's caused me, caused us to believe. But if you want me to tell you that belief gets you eternal life, I'm not going to do it. Belief is not what gets you eternal life. There's one way of eternal life, and we will talk about that tonight because that's part of the work of the disciple in his witness. So, as many as ordained to eternal life, that's who is going to believe. Not one more, not one less. Now, the Lord has ordained uh, also, as he's ordained some to eternal life, he's ordained the, uh, the method that each will believe and works in on both sides, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So now, let's go to uh, uh, 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And uh, let's just go start in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is a witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Ooh, goodness, that sounded interesting. This is a witness of God. He has testified of his son. And in verse 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. We talked about the witness this evening and about witness. Those that believe, now who's going to believe? All those ordained to eternal life are going to believe. Now, anybody can say, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, I believe in God. Doesn't mean that they even know him. Uh, but he that believeth on the Son of God, we know why they believe. Hath the witness. He already has the witness 
in themselves. So don't say, I don't, I don't know how to witness. I don't know what to witness. Don't say that. He that believeth, and we know who believes, on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Now, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So again, we know who's going to believe. The ones that God chose and ordained. And just say this, before the foundation of the world, he ordained it. That's who's going to believe. Uh, so, if you believe, and again, you have to know him. You have to know him to believe. But if you know him, if you believe in him, then you have the witness. You have the witness. You have the witness of the Son of God. Not the witness of the letter of the law of Moses. There are so many, so many, that's their witness. The law of Moses. And then they throw other things in there, the, the, uh, or other laws of the land and other things they can think up. Uh, they have a, quite a list of things that they will, the witness of men, that they will teach you or try to teach you. Uh, but our witness is not about the letter of the law of Moses. Now, the spirit of the law, what is the spirit of the law? Everything in the law of Moses is pointing to Jesus Christ. The sacrifices, the priesthood, the different furnishings in the tabernacle, the feast days, everything in the law of mother, the Sabbath day, uh, the uh, what I call the apparel laws. You're not to wear mixed garments. We won't get into that tonight. I love that subject. But the spirit of the law is talking about Jesus Christ. That is our witness, actually. Letter of the law of Moses, that's not our witness. That's not our witness. So, let me read verse 10 again. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So, do you believe in the record that God gave of His Son? That's, uh, these believers will. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And if we kind of skip over that middle part, uh, talks about the, the record that God gave of His Son. That's our witness. The record that God gave of His Son. My witness is not the letter of the law of Moses. Now, at one time, I, I thought it was. Not that I was witnessing, but that's kind of what I was looking at as the way. Law of Moses. Thank the Lord he delivered him from that. But this. Some believe and some do not believe in the record that God gave of his son. So what is the record that God gave of his son? I mean, that's, Terry, 
That's our witness. Should be in us as disciples. The record that God gave of his son. I don't want the record that people tell me about the letter of the law of Moses. Actually, I'm dead to that. Divorced from that. Dead to that, as Romans 7 tells us. But I want to know, what is that record? It says, he that believes in the Son of God, he'll believe the record that God gave of his Son. And boy, that's what we want, is the record that God gave of his Son. What is it? How, how long, how complicated is it? Oh, very simple. Look at verse 11. And this is the record. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. That's the record. How simple is that? That God has given eternal life and the life is in his son. That's the witness. That's, that's the witness that God gave of his son. That's our witness. So if you presently believe Eternal life is based on your choices and your good works. Then you don't believe the witness that God gave of his son. If you think it's, and how much of the world, I'm not saying they're all in the lake of fire. I don't know. I, I know this is, I mentioned this morning. I know who's going to the lake of fire and who's not. The ones the Lord died and paid for their sins, <clears throat> They're not going to the lake of fire. The ones he didn't will. So there, there's that. But I can't tell you. I can't point out individuals or classes of individuals or anything like that. But there are many that believe it's up to you to take the first step. That's your eternal life. It's up to you to make the right decision. It's up to you to make the right choice. It's up to you to be good enough. And of course, what are they, what's, what's the scale that look at being good enough? The letter of the law of Moses. So you see, all that is, is the way that they, that they believe. But that's not the record that God gave his son. The record that God gave his son is God has given eternal life and the life in his son. Life, that eternal life is not in me doing uh, uh, good deeds, helping ladies across the street, not eating pork, not eating catfish, not eating bacon, uh, not wearing mixed garments. Not uh, mowing grass on Saturday or Sunday. That's one thing I like about winter and everything. Don't have to cut grass <laughs> for a while. <laughs> uh, but if you believe the record that God gave his son, and that record is that God given eternal life and the life is in his son, then you have the witness. That is the witness. Doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't have to be complicated at all. But if you're witnessing about the law of Moses, the letter of the law, see, you're, you're miss that's, the witness is not in you. If you're looking to the law of Moses away. But, but I like this when it says... That God hath given us eternal life, and the life is in His Son. Can you separate eternal life from the Son? I don't see how you can do it. But look what it says in the first chapter of 1 John. And it says it so well. 
Uh, let's see. Well, let's read the first two verses. First John chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Well, we have an eyewitness here, don't we? Which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. They, they touched him, they handled him, they laid on his breast. And that's what he's talking about. And, and then, so, so we have a, a dependable eyewitness here, a credible eyewitness. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it. And bear witness. We're kind of talking about witness tonight. And bear witness. And show you, going to show you something. What, what's he going to show us? And show you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Talking about Jesus Christ, but he didn't call him Jesus Christ here. And he could have said Jesus Christ, but he didn't. He, he, another title, another label he gave him, and I love this. We have shown you that eternal life. So no doubt who he's talking about, they'd, they'd seen him, they'd touched him, they'd handled him. What did they touch and see and handle? Eternal life. Terry, they wasn't talking about the law of Moses. They wasn't talking about offering sacrifices uh, in the temple or in the tabernacle. Now, later, I don't want to get off my lesson too far, but later the, the Lord did, whenever, after he was resurrected, remember the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't know who he was at first. And it says, beginning at the law of Moses, he expounded to them all things in the scripture concerning himself. Doesn't tell us exactly what part of it, but I could imagine. He said, now, now this uh, uh, Sabbath, that's not a certain day of the week where you can only walk so many steps. Sabbath is rest. And that, yes, that's in the law of Moses. But I am your rest. I completed the work for you on the cross just a few days ago. He might have told him about the priesthood. He might have said, I'm your high priest. And more than that, I'm the sacrifice. And I offered myself, and I offered that sacrifice as the high priest to God to pay for your sins. So beginning at the law of Moses, but the spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. But I love the way it says here, We've handled him. we touched him. And we're going to show you, he could have said, we're going to show you Jesus Christ. But he didn't. He said, we're going to show you that eternal life. I love it when he says that. So you can't separate it. And, and that's, what, that's what our witness is in, in, in verse 11 in our text. And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life and life is in his son. You can't separate it. Eternal life cannot be separated I know the world in ignorance. They don't do it intentionally. In ignorance, they don't know. They'll tell you other ways. They'll say there's one way. In fact, I picked up a little track. Been several years ago. Don't see them too often anymore. A little track. Uh, the way. The way. But you opened up. Now, this big list of things to do for salvation of your soul, for eternal life. 
and all those ways gives honor and glory to man. That's the witness of men. But the witness of God that God gave his son, very, very, the witness that God gave his son is our witness, and it's, it's very simple. God has given to us eternal life, and the life is in his son. Very simple, not complicated. Now, well, let's go to Acts uh, uh, chapter 4 for a second. Acts chapter 4. And we want to be grounded in this where eternal life is, what it is, and where it comes from. Acts 4. Eleven and twelve. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. You're not saved by Mike Ratliff. Not saved by Helen Hankins. That's not named that you're saved by. The world, in their ignorance, will tell you you're saved by what you do. Eternal life is based on what you do. But this doesn't say that, does it? There's not salvation in any other, and there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Not saved by the law of Moses. Not saved by Mother Mary? No other name. Can't separate that Jesus Christ from eternal life. And, I, and again, I love the way John stated it. We touched him, we handled him, and we've shown you that eternal life. I love the way he says that. He could have said, we show you Jesus Christ. Uh, but he said, we show you that eternal life. And, and it's the same thing. You can't, you can't separate it. And I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, another place, very simple, and you're familiar with it, but I love, I love looking at it. I love, love reading it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and again, it's, it's simple. Now, and I know that the scriptures may seem to get complicated. There may seem to be things that we don't quite understand and everything. People may ask us questions. What about this and what about that? But... If the Lord grounds us in the foundation of the witness that God gave of his son, then we stay grounded in that. And, and, and here, this is what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Folks, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's our witness. That's our eternal life. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And, and I get questions. Well, how do babies get to heaven? Jesus Christ and him crucified. How would somebody stranded on a tropical desert island uh, from a, a, a somehow got put there with a baby shipwrecked or something and, and never heard a TV preacher. How would they get to heaven? Oh, how would they get to heaven without a TV preacher, huh? Well, I'll tell you how. Jesus Christ, him crucified. 
How about, we don't call it mentally uh, uh, retarded anymore. It's more like developmentally disabled. Well, how would they get to heaven? And, and I know, I tell you what we hear. Well, God would create a special way for them. God would create a special way for those on a, a stranded on a desert island that never heard a TV preacher. And much better off they are than never heard most of the TV preachers, by the way. But God created a special way for that. God created a special way for this. And God has a special way for kids as long as they die before they're 12 years old. They're automatically saved. And I made this statement years ago at a conference, and I still hear people comment about it. To make that point of that, if that was true, that a child automatically goes to heaven until they're 12 years old, as parents, the best, most loving thing you could do is at 11 years, 11 months, uh, 29 the day before their birthday, before the 12 years old, kill them. Best thing, most loving. Now, I'm not saying don't anybody kill the children and say, Ron said, do it. But if that automatically got into heaven, what better thing could you do? So what they're saying is that's another way. They, they'll say, Mike, there's one way, but then that's what they say with their lips. But all these other ways. Well, how do babies get to heaven? Well, they die before the 12 years old. How's a mentally retarded person? Well, God creates a special way for them. How about somebody or some of these tribes down in Africa that never heard a TV preacher, which I think about all heard them by now. But how would they do it? You have, to, you have to hear that gospel message. You have to believe. They've created all these other ways. And even believing. You'd be surprised how many even, well... That seem to be fairly strong, still say, well, but it's up to you to believe. But you have to believe. No, the Lord's sheep that he has ordained to eternal life will believe. Don't say they must believe because it's up to them to do. It's not that at all. See, you're, you're getting off the foundation. Eternal life, God's witness of eternal life is that eternal life's in his son. That's God's witness why do we want to change that witness and say, well, eternal life is based on dying before you're 12 years old, uh, hearing a gospel message, believing, praying through, uh, taking the first step, turning over a new leaf. Helen, I like that one. I like what you said. I believe it was Campbell maybe said that leaf just as dirty on one side as it is the other when you turn it over. But they're looking at their own self-righteousness. And they're not looking at God's witness of his son. Go to the hated book of Ephesians. We'll go to chapter 2 to start with. And I say it's hated because it is. And I've made this statement many times. Why not do it one more time? One on television and reading in the book of Ephesians. He said, if those Baptists didn't have the book of Ephesians, they wouldn't have anything. And I wanted to reach through the screen and grab him and say, but you know something? We have the book of Ephesians. And we have the same thing throughout the scriptures. 
So it is hated. But in the second chapter, and what this uphold, this goes along with the witness that God gave of his son. Ephesians 2 and verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath made us alive, or quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ. So even when we're dead in sins, quickened us, uh, alive together with Christ, by grace are you saved, raised us up together, made us set together in heavenly places in Christ. And let me just, without taking too much time, that's the Lord's true churches, the body of Christ. And it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. Where does he show us that? In these heavenly places in Christ. In the ages to come, he might show exceeding riches of his grace. Where does he show it at? In the bodies of Christ. That's why he raises up and sets us in heavenly places. Uh, so he made us set together in heavenly places that he might show. Show what? All the witness that God gave of his son. And how simple it is. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, and you hear people say, it's not of works, and they'll still turn around and give you a list of things that you have to do. So, not of works, then how is it? Well, let's go to the first chapter, which is hated even more. And verse 4, which is hated even more. But beloved of those who believe the witness that God gave his son. Ephesians 1, 4. According as he, God has chosen us, his elect, in him, Christ, before the foundation of the world, that they should be holy without blame and before him, uh, before him in love. So those that God chose before the foundation of the world, chose him in his son, and, and what's his son? Oh, his son is eternal life. God, this is a witness. God gave eternal life, and eternal life is in his son. So, uh, this, is, this is how. So, these that God chose in Christ before the foundation of the world, 
said that they would be, uh, we should be holy without blame before men love. How will they be presented? Holy without blame. I heard a man many years ago when we first, we first got cable. And uh, that was a big thing when we first got cable. But uh, this one guy from Akron, Ohio. And I, oh gosh. But anyway, he said, uh, he said, you can't, and what he said, the first part was true. He said, you can't enter into heaven even with one sin. And that's, that's a true statement. But what was his remedy? How are you going to get there then? So you better live holy, holy, holy. Didn't have the witness that God gave his son, did he? Every one of these that God chose in his son to be holy without blame, that's exactly how they will be presented. He died on the cross for his elect. He did not fail. And this is the record. This is the witness that God gave his son, that God gave eternal life, and eternal life is in his son. You can't separate them. And by the way, you can't separate them and you can't put other stuff in there. Or it wouldn't be the witness that God gave his son. This is the witness that God gave his son. That God has given eternal life and the life is in his son. Helen, if you stuff a bunch of other things in the middle, you don't, you've taken away the witness that God gave his son. Well, you have to take the first step. You have to turn over a new leaf. You have to clean up your life. You have to hold on faithfully in. You have to pray through. You have to be baptized. There's a, a purpose for baptism, but it's not for the salvation of your soul. It, well, it's not for your eternal life because we see the witness. We may have the witness of men out there, but the witness of God is greater. And what's the witness of God about his son? God gave eternal life, and eternal life is in his son. You can't separate Christ from eternal life. Again, John says, we showed you that eternal life. And you can't jam a bunch of other stuff in the middle because that just glorifies man. Uh, okay, and so back in, um, back in uh, chapter 5 of 1 John now, uh, let's, let's go verse 10, then we'll read a little further this time. Uh, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. So there's our, there's our witness. Very simple. Uh, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. And this is the record uh, that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you. So here is a disciple of the Lord writing this letter that has the witness of God. And he says, he tells us why. Why he's written it. And the same thing, why we witness. We if you're a believer, you have the witness of God in you. And he tells you the purpose of witnessing this witness. 
Is it the Savior that's sold from the lake of fire? No, no, no. Verse 13. These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Don't leave that word know out there. It's not that you will have eternal life. It's that you will know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So the individual that I was talking to at the hospital that time, I've got to go uh, and witness this, this guy some more. He's almost saved. So do we witness that we save their souls from the lake of fire? That's not the witness of God. We witness that you may know. And my first pastor, Brother Alston, and Brother Don teaching at that time, what a blessing it was as they declared this word that I knew that I had eternal life. Because I didn't know before. Like I, I told you, and, and, and I'm not exaggerating, I wanted to hide from God. I did not even want to drive past the church building out of Arabia. Didn't want to think about God. Because oh, I, I would think about, I think, about the lake of fire. And I thought, you know, that's not till the weekend or the end of the year, or the end of the century. That's, that's eternal. Of course, I called it hell then. I didn't know the difference. But terrible feeling. And, and I was terrified of God. But then when it was revealed to me that, that I knew that I had eternal life and the eternal life and, and these brethren that taught me, they, they had the witness of God. They had the witness of God that God gives eternal life and the life's in his son. It was simple. But after the Lord opened my eyes and the Lord used these men to open my eyes and to teach me that I knew that I had eternal life. Uh, so, now as much as I loved, and you folks know that I do, I love Brother Don, Brother Austin. But they didn't give me eternal life. They taught me that I knew that I had eternal life, which I'm grateful for. That. I'm grateful for the Lord that he gave them the witness of God, that they gave it to me. So we witness to others that they may know that they have eternal life. Now, boy, it... Uh, not received much, is it? We witnessed them about Jesus Christ. And I remember one lady that I was, when I was still doing construction, I worked for her, and I was, I think I'd worked for her for about six weeks. And we began to talk about scriptures early in the morning. And actually, I've done this on several jobs that I was. I don't do it at work now, unless I'm asked. But, uh, so I would tell her about the witness of God, that life's in the Son, eternal life's in the Son, He's the way, and, and even Ephesians 1, 4, of course. And she'd say, well, what about if somebody does this? 
And every day, that's what it was. What about if somebody does that? What about this? And what about this? And what about this? And I would, we, would, we wasn't going. So every day, every, and, and well, it went on for, for many days. What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? I said, let me ask you something. What about these scriptures that I gave you? What about that? And that was kind of the end of it. Uh, 1 John, and let's go back to chapter 1 again. And uh, 1 John 1. So we, we read there where he says, write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Look what he says in 1 and 4. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. As Brother Olson and Brother Don taught me, boy, did my joy become full. It, it wasn't there before. Again, they didn't give me eternal life, but they showed me that I had eternal life. And, and, and the things that they said, that my joy may be full. And I pray that that's, as we study here, that your joy may be full. And that you would give to others the witness that God has given you. The witness that God has given of His Son. God has given eternal life, and that life is in His Son. can't separate them. And you do that, that the joy would be full. That they might know that they have eternal life. Is everybody going to believe it? Well, no. <laughs> no, that that's, uh, doesn't seem to be the way it is. Uh, I've heard people say, well, your, your joy can't be full. And, and somebody says, you can't know, on the, while you're on the earth, you can't know if you're going to heaven. You, you can't know it now. You won't know until it takes place. You, you cannot know. And their logic in that was because you don't know what you're going to do the rest of your life. And my answer to that, that's true. I don't know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But I know what Jesus Christ did. I know the witness of God. That God gives eternal life and the life is in His Son. That I know. Uh, well, had a lot more to say. A lot of the things John the Baptist said as John pointed out to Jesus Christ, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That's the way of eternal life. May the Lord bless the speaking of His Word. We are dismissed.